Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. What's up? And we're back with Chris Carver. Say what's up, Chris. What up? Welcome to MBS Fitness Radio, bud. Uh, Chris is um, a new coach here at MBS Fitness. He does personal training. He teaches some of our group training. Um, does nutrition coaching and helps with some of our uh, client success management tasks. Yeah, buddy. Um, and, man, we're excited to have you on. And we want to introduce you to Thank you. our listeners and to all of our clients and, and, and everyone that kind of follows us and kind of hear your background and your story kind of what brought you here yeah. how you got into fitness so so let's start from the beginning sure let it go all right well so i'm born and raised in south georgia um and so in the south it's you know eat fried food this do that make sure you go back for seconds go to grandma's house you know you got to make sure you're eating her food your aunt's food everybody's food so like you're loaded up with food all the time and so i grew up very unhealthy, even yeah. though I was active. Um, you know, I, I played peewee league baseball as a kid. Uh, I played peewee league football as a kid. And so I was very active outside with my friends, riding bikes, backyard football, all that. But when I was eight years old, I weighed 140 pounds. Uh, so Dang. I, <laughs> at eight? At eight. Yeah. Dang. I was, a, I was a very, very big kid and I was made fun of for it. I was called every name in the book, no matter where I went. It was fat boy. It was big and it was hoss. Things like that really hit me hard as a kid. And I was at the YMCA one day and a kid called me Santa Claus. I was carrying a bag of uh, like dodgeballs. <laughs> he called me Santa Claus. I'm like, holy, I'm something's wrong. This is not good. Like, why are people making fun of me? Um, and that just continually progressed. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, I started developing some serious pain, uh, in my hip mm. and I was in class going, what is wrong with me? You're playing sports still? I was still playing okay. baseball. Yeah. People like baseball. I was planning to go into high school and play sports in, in high school. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, what is wrong? Why am I hurting? And still a big kid at the time. And so I talked to my parents, like, why, why am I in pain right now? Like I had my appendix removed when I was in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. It's like, I knew it wasn't that it was my right hip. So I'm like, what is going on? They're like, Oh, by the way, you were born with a hip deficiency. Mm. Oh, you're telling me this now. Cool. Um, and so I had it checked out and they're like, yeah, it's progressed. It's gotten worse. I'm like, well, what is it? And as a kid or an infant, they call it a Chandler's disease. Okay. Um, and so as an adult, it's called avascular necrosis. Um, so there's limited blood flow to my hip. Yeah. Um, and so without that nutrients, without blood circulating to the hip, it's necrotic. So it's basically dying. Yeah. Um, and over time it will deteriorate even more. Uh, and so at seventh grade, that's when it was like at the pinnacle of like, Hey, your body cannot withstand this pain threshold anymore. So that's where that inflammation started coming in. So I guess it became more arthritic when I became, when I was a kid in seventh grade. And so my mom, she was, we went to the doctor and we were, we had an x-ray done. He checked it out. He goes, yeah, it's actually more severe than we thought. Um, you need to quit playing sports is what uh -huh. the, the ortho told me. He's like, basically, prepare for the worst. When you get older, you need to have a sedentary job, sedentary lifestyle. Don't stand up for a long periods of time. Make sure you're sitting down. And I just started crying. I remember looking at my mom, looking back at the ortho, and I just gave him the finger. 
I was so mad. I can't believe an ortho like told that to your face in like eighth grade. I know. Or seventh grade. That's yeah. Cool. Um, it was a shock. And so I got very depressed and became less active. I did what they said. Yeah. Didn't want to disrespect my parents and got into high school. And now I'm in ninth grade, two years later, weighing 240 pounds. So again, I'm a big kid. Yeah. And uh, couldn't play sports. Wanted to do something where I could be active. And so I took up marching band of all things. Okay. It was after school curriculars. Yeah. It allowed me to not sit down. My hip didn't bother me too terribly bad. Yeah. Um, What'd you play? Trumpet. Dude, I was in ninth grade marching band and I also played trumpet. Let's go. All right. <laughs> Very cool. Can you still play? Oh, um, I could probably do a scale, but like, <laughs> I mean, I can still like buzz my lips, yeah, yeah. but I don't, I, I, that's about it. <laughs> I can make it make noise. Can yeah. I play it? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I tried not long ago. I was like, I suck now. <laughs> um, but it was something to keep me moving. And I had made friends who accepted me for who I was being yeah. a big kid. And so one of my friends who was on the trumpet line, as they called it, he was a wrestler and he was in great shape. Yeah. Um, never forget his name. His name's Doug. And uh, he's like, you should try out. He's like, you'd be in the, the heavyweight class, but you should try out. I'm like, I can't. I got a bad hip. And so he's like, just try it. Just come to practice one day, see if you can do it. My mom dropped me off. She's like, you're not doing this, and you're going to see why. She's like, go to it, feel the pain, experience it, and you're not going to be able to do it. Did did Were your parents active or healthy? <laughs> no. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. Put it in perspective, my mother in the late – 80s she had gastric bypass surgery so she took the easy way out with yeah. health she lost over 100 pounds um but as that progressed later in life she gained it all back because yeah. uh, she just put a band-aid over the prop yeah um i love my father um he type 2 diabetic things like that uh not excessively heavy heavy yeah like I don't, he never hit 300 pounds yeah um but at the time again they didn't know yeah yeah they didn't know how, know what new healthy nutrition was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Friday nights. I'm gonna have a ribeye steak with my parents, baked potato, yeah, some sausage links, and a sweet tea. Yeah, you know <laughs> that was every Friday. Yeah, um, and so went with my friend Doug. He took me to practice or tryouts, and my coach at the time he was like, "If you can pass your physical, you can be on the team." It's like all right, because I told him the situation. And so I went, had my physical done, and she was like, it was a she, it was weird. But she was like, do you know you have scoliosis? No, I, I don't. Why? And they're like, well, you have one leg shorter than the other because um, of your hip. And that's causing you to develop scoliosis. I was like, great, is it bad? And they're like, no, you're okay. Um, I was like, well, do I pass my physical? No. Okay. I want to wrestle. Somehow she saw it in my face. She's like, here, signed off on the papers. Took it to my coach and started wrestling. I suck at wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) I was just a big kid who could just hang on for dear life. I could not win a match, but it was physical activity. It was something that I enjoyed doing. I love playing baseball. I love the grit. And so I wanted to get better. And the best way that I thought to get better was to lose weight. Yeah. And so... I dropped weight my freshman year going into the season and got down to 220. So from, 20, yeah, from 240, 240, yeah. 220, yep. Yeah. And then 
he was like, you've got potential. Let's see if we can get you into a lighter class. Yeah. Um, so I went from 220 to 189 um, within the next year. Wow. Still sucked. <laughs> but I could move better. Yeah. I felt better. I was more confident in myself. And on the plus side, being an athlete with the high school, I got to go to weight training every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And so did your did your hip feel better as you lost the weight? As as I got older, yeah. And yeah. as I lost the weight, I started feeling better. Okay. Um currently in this state, it bothers me, but <clears throat> because I am active, it doesn't bother me. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um it does, but it doesn't. That it's sense. there, but it doesn't it's not preventing you or limiting you. You're just like, I'm aware of it. Yeah. I'm aware of it and I work around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I remember going to weight training class. I remember my freshman year weighing that 240 mm-hmm. i could barely bench 95 pounds and then i remember going into my senior year my it was the last week of senior year and i remember i want to hit 300 and so i got 305 on the bench weighing 190 pounds and i was like dang this is awesome yeah like, i love weight training it did so much for me and I only wrestled for two years yeah freshman and sophomore year and then i was able to stay with weight training all throughout high school That's awesome. um and so it just from there it just became a passion like i love working out if i can't do contact sport then working out is going to be my my ath- my athleticism my athlete stuff or my sport there yeah, we go. yeah. <laughs> your athletic pursuit there you yeah. go um and so after high school i got into college <clears throat> and i was going to the gym every day i was actually a psychology major going into college ah. um I did psychology for two years and <laughs> I like talking to people, but I cannot, for some reason, psychology just, I couldn't translate it to paper. Gotcha. And so my professor, one of my mentors who mentored me throughout, uh, out throughout college sat me down. He's like, why are you in this? Why are you in psychology? I'm like, well, I like talking to people. I like helping people. Yeah. Um, I like building relationships with people. And he's like, okay, but what else? Like, what's another reason? Well, I want to make good money. Yeah. I want to be a doctor, you know, doctor of psychology. He's like, well, your grades are not there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're two years into this, son. You need to figure it out. What do you, what do you like to do? He's like, you're a big guy. You you like, you like to work out. Yeah, I do. I try to do it at least five, six days a week. He's like, have you ever considered exercise science? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. So he sat me down and we talked. He's like, I recommend you going back and starting over mm. you know spend another two years get your grades back up and you know see if this is the course you want to go through yeah okay um so i was in a four-year school i went back home and by a four-year school i mean i was an hour from my hometown where, where were you at uh so i was at a small college called georgia southwestern state okay. university yeah, yeah. Okay. um their football team's undefeated it doesn't exist. Ah, there you go. Never <laughs> lost a game. Never lost a game. Never won one. Never won one. <laughs> um, but uh, I ended up going to a community college called Darton College. Okay. Uh, and that was in Albany, Georgia. And so did that for two years and my GPA skyrocketed. And it was something I could translate to paper, something yeah. I could understand well and apply. Um, and so while going to school, I wanted to have a job that allowed me to learn as I was in school. Yeah. And so I, of all things, I worked for GNC starting out at 19 years old. I did, I worked for GNC for almost five, six years. Oh, wow. Okay. So I did it for a while and I was able to talk to people and translate my education 
to my job and people were coming to me going, you're not just trying to sell stuff. I'm like, no, I want to educate you. Like, this is what this stuff does. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. And so it allowed me to be successful as an, as a salesperson there and allowed me to be do good in school. Um, and then going into my 21st birthday, I wanted, of all things, I wanted abs. I'd never had abs, you know, being a big kid. And so I trained and dieted of all words, uh, for a physique competition. Nice. And I went from 197 to 170. So that was the lightest I'd ever been in my life. And I actually had a four pack. I was very proud of myself. Nice. Um, and kept it for a few years. <laughs> nice. I keeping it for any period after the physique <laughs> competition is impressive. Most people lose it two weeks after. Yeah. Um, and so I did that for a little bit. And then a buddy of mine back from back in high school was like, you need to come CrossFit. You need to come CrossFit. You, you'd love it. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So they just come to a class. And again, an event in my life I'll never forget. It was Thanksgiving Day. And the workout was called the Turkey Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it was at a, a gym called World Camp CrossFit. Um, and so went there. It was a team workout of four. Um, I think it was squat, deadlift, overhead press. Those are the three movements. It was a heavy load. Can't remember the load, but I, all I remember is you had to load the bar, lift a certain amount of reps, and you could do it between you and your team. Then you have to take the load off, and you had to run a 400-meter with the weights in your hands oh, between gosh. you and your team. <laughs> and then come back, build the bar back up, go to the next movement. I then had a 45-minute drive to my aunt's for Thanksgiving, sat down at the table to eat, and both my hamstrings locked up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I fell to the floor, and they're like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, CrossFit, CrossFit. That's all I could say. But uh, I fell in love with that, and that made me fall in love with weightlifting, Olympic yeah. lifting. I you know, loved weight training and bodybuilding uh, exercises, but weightlifting to me became – it was more – athletic mm -hmm. uh and so i became passionate with power cleans snatches overhead squats i hated running but crossfit made me do it yeah um I, I, go ahead i, I want to get a little bit deeper on a couple of these things yeah um so what's interesting to me and what i get your opinion on is like one of the things that triggered you to start exercising and doing stuff was like a desire to not be the fat kid. Yeah. Like people calling you the fat kid is like, I don't like that. Mm -mm. And I want to change that. Yeah. Um, I'm similar. The opposite in the sense that I was a super skinny kid and I hated people tell me how skinny I was and like, look how skinny his calves are. Look how mm -hmm. tiny his legs are. Look how tiny his arms are. Like, you know. <clears throat> and, um, but like <clears throat> being made fun of while painful mm -hmm. is what caused me to take action and change it. Yeah. And it's kind of what, what put me on the path to where I am today. Mm -hmm. And likewise you. And nowadays there's kind of this um, thought process that like shame is bad. Um, and that, you know, we should never shame anyone about their bodies or about their weight mm -hmm. or about the physical abilities. And, you know, um, there's probably, I mean, there's a reason for that. There, you know, you're not trying to cause psychological scarring to people. Right. But there is some benefit of being 
made aware of something that you um, are not living up to a standard. Oh, for sure. I mean, towards had I continued that path, you know, at eight years old, being 130 plus, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Had I not learned a healthy lifestyle yeah. of physical fitness and understanding how to eat correctly. Yeah. And so it, yes, did it hurt at the time? Yeah. It wasn't fun growing up, but I don't do that to people. Obviously, like I care for people and want them to be successful. And so I look at it as an opportunity to say, hey, look, I've been where you are, yeah, but I know where you can be. Yeah. And so. But um, I guess like my thought or like what I'm, I'm just exploring here in my mind is the, is like nowadays, if you, there's, there's a, a a cultural pressure that would say like, even pointing out to someone that they're, that they're overweight in a loving manner is unacceptable. It is. Like, hey, like, hey, like you put on a lot of weight and, you know, I care about you and like, this is just not healthy. Like you need to lose this weight. Yeah. Um, there's a there, there's a part of society that would tell you like that's wrong that's wrong uh you can be healthy any size that and it just can promotes um promotes like um body acceptance to the extreme yeah and again like I don't, I don't think shame to the extreme is healthy but i don't no. think body acceptance to the extreme is right is healthy. there's like uh you your worth as an individual is not built into your physique or your appearance. Right. But you have a responsibility to take care of your body. Right. And to be healthy. Yeah. Um, and so a little shame and kind of like, I'm not living up to that standard is good. Yeah. You know, um, and it's not like you're telling someone who's excessively overweight that they need to be skinny. It's just saying, look, you're, not healthy you're not you're not your full potential i want you to be at your full potential yeah you're a father you're a mother you're a uncle brother sister whatever you want to be the best for every single person in your life right now what you're doing to yourself is honestly selfish you know you're enjoying your life while everybody else is watching you you know not be there yeah 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 agreed um the other thing i was gonna ask you was like um because i also did did bodybuilding like prior to doing crossfit and like what uh, I think a lot of people initially get into phys- uh, training because they want the physique improvements. I think yeah. like, especially in America, uh, physique or the way you look seems to be like the, the primary focus when it comes to like health and fitness. Yep. So a lot of time just like lose 30 pounds, um, have abs. Mm-hmm. And that's like what a lot of people like, I want, I feel better about myself if I look better. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's that's kind of a bit of um a a, a a dark a a um black hole to go down yeah because um you you could you could always point out these flaws in the way that you look oh yeah um looking for acceptance from other people based off of your physique i mean it mm-hmm. leads to like a lot of bad decisions oh yeah yes. um and so like to me like I like the physical, I like that the, I like the challenge of like the bodybuilding show, but like, mm-hmm. I was like, man, like it's just, this seems a bit empty and hollow, like in the end. It's like, I was like, it's fun, but I want to do this forever. Mm-hmm. 
And to me, CrossFit, what I what I realized was like this is something I was like I could do this forever. There's always a pers- there's always improvement pursuit and stuff. I was like, but I just feel more I feel more well rounded. Yeah. In it. Yeah. You know, um, I was like I feel health like I look good, but I also feel healthy and right. also feel functional and I feel strong and I feel explosive. I feel right. like I can move and I feel athletic again. Yep. Um. I mean, did you did you ex- experience similar things? Like, what made you what, what made you go like ah, I just don't think I'm going to keep doing physique shows. Yeah, and I like this CrossFit stuff. To me, it was having that group, that community mm-hmm. yeah, of yeah. people was number one. I loved having you know group of people suffering just like me in the yeah. same workouts. Um, but also, it was the fact that every training session was always different. There was always going to be a challenge somewhere. There might be a movement that I'm great at, or we'll be doing a strength program and like, Oh, I'm going to murder this, but come Metcon time, I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, because my cardio, when I did, you know, physique training was just an incline walk on a treadmill at a high speed. Right. (laughs) That's all it was. Um, and so ditto, (laughs) Uh, and so the, the biggest thing was just the constant variety of the training, the yeah. community, um, and then just that euphoric feeling after a workout, laying on the ground, that that rise in dopamine just yeah. always makes me want to come back for more. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, the, the um, man, the bodybuilding uh, process is such a lonely process. You're just like so isolated in everything that you do. You're training alone. You're doing your cardio alone. Mm -hmm. Like your wife's not doing it with you. You go out to eat or to your friend's houses. You're like, you're bringing your Tupperware. Bringing your Tupperware. You're just like, I remember being at grandma's house. She's like, and God rest her soul. I miss her. But, uh, she was like, you're not going to eat in my casserole. And I was like, sorry, grandma. I'm sitting here holding chicken and broccoli. Sorry, Grandma. I, I just really want to look good in bikini <laughs> in two weeks. That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, I like. I mean, I mean, ad- admittedly, there was a de- um, there was a degree of that that like I liked. Mm-hmm. Like I, it shows discipline. Yeah, I was like, I was like, but but I turned into something bad. It was just like it, it kind of like it's more just an ego show. It's like, look how much tougher I am and, yeah. and everyone else, and you all are this and I'm yep. that, and that was kind of what it turned into. It was like it was kind of necessary to get it done because I I needed to have like a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed to have like something to go against, and yeah, like I said, in bodybuilding, the competition is sixteen weeks away, right? So like on their daily basis, like where's your competitiveness? It was like between me and everyone else right and then like then just not fun to be around there's <laughs> a dick to everyone that's right <laughs> so like, that was my struggle especially when you started carb to bleeding you're like i hate everything yeah 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 i mean it's just like it's like i haven't had anything good to eat or you yeah know. i was doing this while in school so when i was sitting there taking a the test i was like oh boy oh boy yeah i'm not doing well <laughs> like i'm trying to stay focused here but the only thing i think about is like the rice cake I got to eat in 30 minutes. That's right. <laughs> I would be in class and just, you hear the zipper. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right. So you started doing CrossFit. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of got you into Olympic lifting. So yes. Keep, uh, keep going. Sure. Um, so while I was in CrossFit, I did not want to spend the money. I was a penny pincher. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I lived off what I was making at GNC. My dad's like, I'll take care of your car. Everything else you buy is on you. Cool. Um, and so I walked up to the owner. I was like, how can I work here? What can I do? Yeah. He's like, do you want to be a coach? I was like, I'd love to. He's like, well, you move well. 
you're taking things well. You got a great personality. We need a, some extra hands. He's like, how about this? I'll pay for half your certification. You pay the other half since it was a thousand dollars. Yeah. He's like, you pass it. You're hired. Cool. Done. Got hired on. Um, that was in 2013. Okay. Um, and got hired on coach CrossFit while I was finishing up my undergrad. And, uh, my last semester of undergrad, this was 2014. So a year later I had to do an internship. And so I was considering strength conditioning just for the sheer fact that weightlifting, Olympic lifting, programming with CrossFit, I was learning it. Now I wanted to apply it more in a deeper setting. And so I went, I had to quit my job with the CrossFit facility and interned at a uh, school in South Georgia, Valdosta State University. That's, we played Valdosta State in college. Hey, ooh. it's a good football team. And they won like football town USA or something because yep. they've got, uh, yeah, they were national champions 20, I think it was 2013. Yeah. Yeah. And their, their high school is awesome too. Mm-hmm. They got great sports like community down there. Yep. And, uh, I was under the mentorship of Michael Dosher. I believe he is still there too. Um, he's been there over 20 years. Great guy. Strength coach. Mm-hmm. Strength coach. Uh, see over the whole sports program or just yes. football or all sports okay. programs. Yep. And then he had a great setup uh, as far as like help. He had grad assistants, uh, at least three grad assistants. And then when I went in, there was four of us interns. Okay. Uh, so he had extra staff to help out. And at the time, it was just it worked out so well. Two of the uh, grad assistants were actually uh, both football players from Baylor. So they were both um, offensive linemen. Huge guys. I'm looking up uh, Valdosta State's exercise <laughs> facilities currently. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, it might still be the same. It's they they once they won national championship they got a lot of uh support nice so it was able to build and grow yeah uh at the time when I learned uh Coach Dosher was all big about the triphasic method okay all about it and uh we were using Tendo units focusing on speed strength strength speed it was great I loved it that's cool um, okay and of all the interns he picked me to help with help him and his uh GAs run the uh, uh football program so Very cool. Whereas the other kids were like, you're going to go play with tennis. You're going to go to golf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so football is where you want to be. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, I did that. I had to do a 1,000 hours for my undergrad. I knocked that out in like two months because I was working 14 hours a day, yeah. five days a week. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's the uh, life of a, of a strength coach. Oh, yeah. It was fun. Um, and so once I completed that, it was time to – figure out what the next step was. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to my mentor, talked to Coach Dosher. I was like, what do you guys suggest? He's like, well, you're about to have a bachelor. That's great, um, which puts you in the qualifications to take your CSCS. And I, unfortunately at the time, did not pass it. And so I was like, all right, what's the next step? And then he's like, well, you guys can you can wait, study some more. They're leaning towards a lot of coaches having master degrees now. So maybe pursue your master's. You know, that way you have it. You can later on in life take the CSCS if you want to. So that's what I did. Uh, ended up at Liberty University. Um, cool. Yep. Was there for two years. Um, and I uh, got hired on also as a graduate assistant. At Liberty. Um, at Liberty. But I wasn't, with the, I wasn't with the strength staff. I was with the uh, sports science side. Okay. Um, so they had a new program coming in. 
and they had a, a human performance laboratory. And so I did more research than um, application. And so I learned sports science research. We did a lot of anaerobic testing, aerobic testing, uh, wing gate tests. Yeah. Um, got to experience bod pods, got to experience hydrostatic wing, DEXA scanning. Very cool. So you got like kind of both sides of the strength and conditioning. Exactly. Field. And that's okay. what my mentor is like, you do this, you learn the sports science, and then you can apply it yeah. as a strength coach. I was like, that makes sense. And so I was a grad assistant for two years. It paid for my college, which was great. Uh, my fiance, or girlfriend at the time, who became my fiance, uh, while I was at Liberty, she was the the one that really kicked me in my rear. Uh, she has pushed me and driven me to get out of my comfort zone. So my mentors were telling me when I was an undergrad, and I was weighing on, do I do this? Do I don't? My girlfriend, Mariah, she was like, you need to do it. They're saying do it, do it. I'll support you. I'll be there the entire way. So she worked full time while we were at Liberty. My grad assistantship gave me a stipend that helped with bills. But, you know, she was the one that kept everything afloat while we did that. Yeah. So it's been, it was great having her by my side during that. Um, and so fast forward to the end of my graduate year, I had to do either have the option of either a thesis, mm -hmm. um, which I'd already done two presentations for um, ACSM. And I was like, that's American College of Sports Medicine. Um, did two uh, presentations with them uh, from a research study. I didn't want to do any more research. I was tired of it. Yeah. And so I uh, asked and prayed and begged, can I do another internship, please? And they're like, yeah, we'll figure it out. And so they uh, concoct an internship program so that I could knock it out and still do a grad assistantship and still get paid. So that was great. Very cool. Um, and so my last semester I worked with their strength program, um, for their Olympic sports program. Oh, very cool. So at Liberty, huge, huge facility, they have multitudes of strength programs. You, yeah. You've got club sports strength program. You got strictly football program. Yeah. Uh, and then basketball had some strength program. Yeah. And then Olympic sports was basically the hub of everything else. Yeah. Um, so there I worked under, uh, Shelton Stevens, which he's branched off and started his own, uh, programming now doing his own thing. But at the time learned a lot, worked with baseball, track and field, uh, men's soccer, uh, men's golf, um, and softball. Very cool. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so that was the end of that. And I was what, like, what did you like about yeah. the so con compare and contrast like the pros and cons to like doing the research versus yeah. doing like the application? Yeah. Um, with research, wasn't a big fan because it had to be organized. You had to make sure everything was done to the T. Uh, mm -hmm. You had to make sure all of your data was collected correctly. Um, sorry about that. Um, had to make sure data was uh, measured correctly. And then once it's measured and you collected it, you have to statistic statistically analyze it. Yeah. You had to make sure that that was correct. And then you can then submit all that to the IRB for approval. And once it's approved, if it's approved, because they'll send it back with tons of revisions. Yeah. Then you could submit for article submission or publication or presentation. Um, so that's very tedious. Uh, so yeah. I didn't really like the whole aspect of it. I did like being in the trenches yeah. and like doing the testing. Yeah. Um, Cause that's, again, I was the relationship guy. I was the guy that made everybody feel comfortable coming in. I mean, you imagine someone who's never ran at a high speed on a treadmill, they're about to have a mask put on their face. 
yeah. that's already taken up a lot of their breathing. Yeah, as I was like, <laughs> I remember like there was a um, a study at Memphis was doing one time on. Oh, it was on a supplement, but they were trying. But the I remember the test was ten sets of ten, ten sets of ten with the ten second negative. Oh wow! Uh, something to in- induce like maximum soreness. Yeah, I remember just being like, "Good gosh!" <laughs> like like if you do, like. I was like, how are you going to get anyone who knows what they're doing to do that? Because yeah. like, if you know any, if you've ever trained at all, you're like, I'm not doing that. Uh, so I, was, I felt bad. I was like, someone is about to be as sore as they've oh, God. ever going to feel in their life. It was like 10 sets of 10, the 10 second negative with like bodyweight pushup or something. Yeah. Like, ouchies. Yes. Very ouchies. <laughs> um, and then... But again, like I said, I love the relationship side. And then with the strength side, biggest thing I didn't like is obviously the long, long hours. Hours are tough. Hours are tough. Um, you know, strength coach world, it's not about what you make. It's about what you do. You know, yeah. most strength coaches don't do this because they get a fat paycheck. They do it because they really love what they do. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's what it was about. It was about helping impact people's lives. Um, you know, when I was at Battle State, I built some relationships with a lot of football guys. Um, a lot of those guys were there because football was all they knew. Yeah. They were coming from broken homes. They were, yep. you know, they didn't know where they were getting their next meal. Yep. It was, oh, I'll get, I'll get lunch tomorrow. And so I remember giving a guy, you know, half my lunch one day because he was feeling pretty fatigued. I'm like, hey, man, when's the last time you ate? He goes, oh, yesterday at lunch. And I'm like, that's not good. Yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't have food at home. Yeah. Um, and so, it was building those relationships with uh, young adults who were going to grow into, you know, great people, um, which is why I love strength conditioning and uh, love to see changes, progressions in performance, like being able to see a guy on the field go, man, we increased his strength speed or his, yeah. his uh, sprint speed. Um, or his power output's incredible. He's, you know, killing these guys on the field. Yeah. It was just great seeing that transition. Yeah. thousand percent. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, so then what'd you do after Liberty? So, uh, moved to Memphis. Um, I mean, what, like for a job or like, yeah. okay. Like you, you had a, you had found a job and applied and, and yeah. They were, yeah. Yeah. So, moved uh, to Memphis. moved to Memphis, been here four years. Uh, we came to Memphis because thinking why guy from South Georgia, why would you come to Memphis, Tennessee? Well, my wife's from Oklahoma. Um, and she's from Tulsa. So not too tough, far from here. Uh, and so, we would actually stop in Memphis when we drove from Albany, Georgia up to Tulsa, Oklahoma, our midway stopping point for gas was Memphis, Tennessee. Ah, there you go. Yep. And so we were, I remember getting gas, um, out in office 64, uh, grabbing some gas one day. I'm like, I, I remember this area. We came out here forever and a day ago. We actually met, I met her dad for the first time, uh, at the La Quinta on 64. Okay. Uh, this was Thanksgiving of, 2012 and we had got a dog uh, so they found the dog in oklahoma and they're like it's a pretty dog we're gonna go give it up for adoption i'm like no i want it to lab i've never had a lab yeah they just found the dog on the street and so her dad's like i'll take care of him and we'll uh we'll meet some somewhere in the middle yeah, halfway okay yep and it was the la quinta in memphis tennessee very cool <laughs> uh and that dog is still with us to this day awesome very yep. cool. okay. so yeah, so four years. Um, I was a, a fitness coach for a while, um, and then lo and behold, MBS came about. All right, right on. So, what um, what kind of stuff? 
are you training like personally for now? Because yeah. I mean, in the past, you said you've done um, right, done the physique competition, yeah. Across so like, what, what's your training look like now? So right now, my training, there's not a lot of organization to it. I hate saying that, but I now that I've been here for a little while, I'm starting to really get excited about potentially doing powerlifting. Mm, cool. Um. I love Olympic lifting. I train mostly that. So I'll focus on improving my, my clean and jerk, focus on improving my squat, my overhead squat, my snatch. Um, and then on top of that, I'll incorporate some type of hypertrophy training, bodybuilding style exercises just to maintain muscle mass and strength. Um, but lately I've been, I've been training with a few of the guys who train here regularly or work here part time. And it's been fun, you know, trying out new things yeah. and exploring new avenues as far as fitness is it something that i want to do long term probably not i really love um i love all different styles of training yeah you know i'd like to do crossfit at least two three days a week um work on my olympic lifting at least a day or two a week and then accessorize that with hypertrophy training very cool um that way i'm just constantly i'm not I guess you say I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none yeah. <laughs> when it comes to the fitness. Um, but it allows me to still venture out and, you know, again, it's a relationship thing for me. Like I've got to meet a few guys here just by working out with them. I've established a connection with them and it's been fun. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I've always kind of wanted my goal for MBS has always been to um, create a place where people could explore their fitness over a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, if there was one fitness program that was best for everyone to do at all times that meet all goals and we would all do it. Right. I mean, right. that just doesn't exist. Um, ideally you're going to be working out for, uh, at least purposefully working out somewhere around 60 to 80 years. If you start like in your at 12, right. You know, and our lifespans 72 ish up to, you know, 90. Yeah. Um, there were, you know, we should have about 60 to 80 years there where we are, uh, uh, purposefully exercising and training and trying yeah. to improve our fitness. So over that time frame, there's plenty of opportunities to explore multiple areas of fitness. And For sometimes sure. there's, there's, uh, and within those opportunities, there's competition if, if you like to pursue that or there's just kind of self-improvement. So yep, I think, um, um, and this is something I learned in just kind of my own training is like, like you're probably not going to do anything for, 80 years so right. if you think you're gonna bodybuild for 80 years competitively like you're not no if you think you're gonna do high level crossfit for 80, 80 years like probably not no there's gonna be periods where you just want to go off on tangent for a little bit right you know um but you need to have something to kind of fall back on and yep. come back to and that's um that's what i've always that's one of my goals is to not that's great opportunities for people to kind of like go off on those tangents but then also help them kind of feel comfortable yeah. coming back to some type of like general fitness. Right. So, um, well, very cool, dude, man. It's great to kind of hear your story and hopefully that was Thank uh, you. helpful for some other people to kind of hear that. Um, any kind of final words of advice yeah. for anyone? One thing I'd say is, you know, to kind of talk to fall back onto my hip condition, um, to kind of like express that regardless of what physical limitation you have, it can be overcome if you do it correctly. And that's really what I like to use when I talk to people who think they have a disability, whether it be I'm overweight or I have knee pain or yeah. I have a bad shoulder. I'm like, it's okay. I have the, I have my back as the shape of a backwards S <laughs> and I still do this every day. Yeah. And my hip is arthritic. There's no cartilage. 
I'm due for a hip replacement in the next decade. Yeah. However, I still am active. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of what you think you have that might prevent you from being physically active, you still can. Yeah. It's just working around that in the correct way. Very cool. I love it. There's no real physical limitations, just no. mental ones. No, anybody can be fit and healthy. They just have to choose to. And obviously you want to have the right coaches, which MBS definitely has that. Absolutely. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. All right. MBS Fitness Radio out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.